Welcome to the all-new Changing Worldviews podcast with Sharon Hughes, broadcast journalism you can trust to bring you the truth regarding the issues of our day and the worldviews behind them, politically, culturally, and religiously. For such a time as this. Freeing the minds of the brainwashed masses. Now, here's Sharon. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today on the show. What you have in dictatorial countries, and, and here again, China is the best example of this, is a government, the Chinese Communist Party, which way back in the early 50s uh, had a debate. Of course, the only debates that matter in China are the ones internal to the party because people outside the party aren't allowed to have opinions. But inside the party, they debated whether or not it was a proper role of government to produce people in the same way that they produced tons of steel and, and bicycles under a state plan. Uh, you have to understand how radical a proposal that is. I mean, they would reduce the, the the number of human beings to a fraction of its current population. Control. Nobody likes to be controlled. I don't like to be controlled. You don't like to be controlled. Who likes to be controlled? And yet that seems to be a marker of the age in which we live whether it's government control, whether it's media controlling the news, whether it's controlling free speech, whether it's medical control, such as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, global passports or population control. And unless something is done radically to turn things around, control only gets more controlling right? I mean, if there's a controlling person, they're going to continue to be controlling and even more so unless they have a transformation of their personality, of their behavior, of their mindsets, of their attitudes. Well, if that's true for an individual, it's true for governments. It's true for agencies of governments. It's true for whoever is seated at the head of a government, a U.S. president or a prime minister or a dictator. Well, like we talked last time about get ready for ESG, environmental, social, government, which is a whole new thing to control businesses. And if you missed that show, I encourage you to go back and listen to it because it's extremely important for what's going on today. Well, we're going to talk about population control. And we have covered this topic over the 20 years we've been on the air, and it has not gone away. It just looks different, and it's in areas now where who would have thought that it would have been? I mean, we're moving towards some of the things that I was privileged to talk with experts such as Dr. Nigel Cameron or Dr. John Hook and others who are bioethicists and have been warning for decades, actually, of what they saw the trends would end up being as regards to technology. And we know that some technology and bioethics is good, like being able to give somebody a prosthetic if they've lost an arm or a leg or, or whatever. Those are good things. But now with the on stage of AI, artificial intelligence, there's good and bad about that. But the bad about it is what the transhumanists want to do with it. And also, you know, the whole idea of hooking up your brain to your computer to download information. There's some real cautions and dangers there. We're going to talk about that on another show. But the whole idea at least that's on my mind today, is the issue of control. 
And frankly, ladies and gentlemen, not only is God, and it's outlined in his Bible, against anyone controlling anyone. That is not his way, including himself. He doesn't control people. He gives us free agency, free choice. Of course, if we make bad choices, we suffer the consequences and sometimes devastating consequences. But what we have with the globalists, what we have with the global elitists, what we have with tyranny and dictators and wherever that may be found is the agenda of control. And so I feel like we need to be aware that not only are we living in a time of more and more control, which is against not only God and his word, it's opposite of liberty and freedom. Jesus says, the truth will set us free. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. God's all about freedom. And America was founded on these godly Judeo-Christian ethics of freedom. And I don't need to tell you that we are losing more and more of our freedoms, our inalienable rights, the rights given to us by God. And so today's show, we're going to talk about the issue of population control with Stephen Mosher, who is president of Population Research Institute. He spent a whole year in China investigating, researching, an entire year living in a village in South China during the year that China's population control program got underway. He not only witnessed forced abortions and forced sterilizations, but also euthanasia and more. And so we're going to hear from him about that because, number one, you know, we go behind the scenes of what really is continuing to go on in China today, but also to cause us to think about how far-reaching control can go when it comes to people. So stay with me when we get back. My interview with him recorded earlier on population control. I mean, we know that China is controlling their population through facial recognition, social credits. That's what ESG scoring for businesses. Well, in China, they keep social scores for their people and more. So we need to be aware of what's going on. We need to help inform other people in our individual spheres of influence to warn. I mean, that's what a watchman on the wall does. He sees the dangers and he blows the trumpet or she <laughs> blows the trumpet and warns what's coming. Am I saying we're going to have a one-child policy here in America? No, that's not what this is about. I am saying, though, that we'll, we have a lot to learn about what control really looks like so that we don't bow the knee to it. Because the day is coming when a world leader, Book of Revelation calls the Antichrist, will come and have control over the world. And that control will be on many levels and arenas. So stay with me. I'll be right back with Stephen Mosher. You're listening to Changing Worldviews with Sharon Hughes. This station would never air a word like, but if I had really said, you'd probably want to call in and make your voice heard. Think about that. Making a difference over one little word. If that's the case, what's keeping you from becoming a voice for the pre-born? Surely their plight is more important compared to a word. So if you're ready to make your voice heard, visit BeAVoice.net and get involved. After all, it's not that first beep we're concerned about. It's this one. 
Christina from Northern Illinois. I just started taking Alive Again about two and a half months ago, and I can't believe how much different my joints feel. I feel actually more alive. I don't have pain in my joints. I have more energy. So thank you very much for those products. They are absolutely incredible, and I will be taking them for many, many, many more years. Just one ounce a day of superfruit, 75 plus nutrients in a base of 100% aloe vera. And if you go to Apex Health, A-P-E-X, health.life slash Sharon, you can order your first bottle or bottles at the special price. Call 833-334-5433. Again, 833-334-5433. Using the promo code Sharon Special. You're listening to Changing Worldviews with Sharon Hughes. For even more content, go to changingworldviews.com and sign up for our free email newsletter. Sharon will be right back after this. Thank you for staying with me. Okay, like I said before the break, Stephen Mosher, president of the Pro-Family Population Research Institute, which is in Virginia for decades now, he has been a leading voice speaking out against the abuse of human rights, and not just in communist China, but around the world. So I was able to interview him earlier, and I want to bring that to you as we talk about what population control looks like, who the population control people are. And then hopefully that will help us to understand more clearly what's going on today. All the controlling agendas, programs, like we've talked about the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, all these controlling policies that are now being put in place, which if you didn't know, I believe is all part of setting up, setting in place, preconditioning for a world government, which means the loss of sovereignty of nations that buy into that government. But for now, let's look at the issue of control, specifically population control with Stephen Mosher. I encourage you to go to changingworldviews.com and click on the mic at the top of the page and go to broadcast archives and you can hear part one where we talked about everything from Spain's unprecedented vote to extend human rights to apes to uh, what's going on in China with their one-child-only policy and uh, some of the horrific things going on there, as well as how the environmentalists want population control programs to spread throughout the world to save the environment. And I want to have Stephen Mosher talk to us about just who are these population controllers and more specifically how the population control agenda abuses women in ways that we haven't thought about and also how we can end this assault on people. Again, Stephen, thank you for joining us for this very hot topic. It's good to be back. Okay, so let's get right into it. Who exactly are the population controllers that we would want to know about so we could watch? Well, there are really three groups uh, that form this, uh, what we might call an unholy trinity. There is the pure population controllers, mostly uh, biologists like Garrett Hardin and Paul Ehrlich, who believe that there are too many people on the planet who would like to reduce our number to one billion 
or 100 million. Uh, you have to understand how radical a proposal that is. I mean, they would reduce the, the number of human beings to a fraction of its current population. Wow. Uh, they have said so in writing in Paul Ehrlich in book after book. And then there are the radical environmentalists. Now, I'm a conservationist. I love trees. I plant them. I have a farm in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. I raise beef cattle and children. But uh, the radical environmentalists really uh, have no use for human beings at all. They would like to see our number radically reduced as well. They think that we're a kind of plague on the planet, a pox on the planet. And these groups together, of course, each one very powerful together, they convinced in the late 1960s, uh, early 1970s, the United States to embark upon a global population control movement to reduce the number of babies born, which is still in existence today. You talked about in part one about how Europe is dying. Do you think the UN and the internationalists that have adopted this kind of mentality and program was instrumental in Europe dying? Well, I think that the uh, United Nations, which uh, started an agency in 1968 called the UN Population Fund, has been the major player in population control programs, and, and it's been assisted in that by other UN agencies, the UN Development Fund, the World Bank, of course, separate agency, the International Monetary Fund, and the foreign aid agencies of the United States and, and many of the European countries. And it's an odd thing, though, that dying countries like Great Britain, like Canada, should be such fervent supporters of population control around the world. It's as if they're saying, well, we're not having any children, so you people in developing countries can't have any children either. Let me just ask you this question, and and we touched on it a little bit, but the whole idea of population control programs fitting into a democracy or a dictatorship, it looks like it's very clear that a dictatorship could control the people and tell them what to do. But on another level, in a democracy, if we're buying into the lies, then in many ways, there's no difference, is there? What you have in dictatorial countries, and, and here again, China's the best example of this, is a government, the Chinese Communist Party, which way back in the early 50s uh, had a debate. Uh, of course, the only debates that matter in China are the ones internal to the party, because people outside the party aren't allowed to have opinions. But inside the party, they debated whether or not it was a proper role of government to produce people in the same way that they produced tons of steel and, and bicycles under a state plan. Wow. And at the end of the day, uh, the late Chairman Mao Zedong, the famous Chairman Mao, I should say infamous Chairman Mao, decreed that, yes, it, it was the proper business of the Chinese Communist Party to reproduce human beings under a state plan the same way that it produced everything else. And in the beginning, in the 50s, he was in favor of producing more human beings, so he encouraged high birth rates. Then after he ruined the economy with the Great Leap Forward and the Cultural Revolution, he suddenly decided, well, there may be too many people. And his successor, Deng Xiaoping, embarked on the one-child policy. So this is an idea that I think is unknown in human history. I don't think governments in the past ever got in the business of, of directing their people to have fewer children. People have always been seen as an asset, mm-hmm. as an element of state power. And the more populous you were, generally the wealthier you were and the more powerful you were on the international stage. You know, I think I saw that Russia was actually instituting programs to encourage people to have children. They were going to... Um, well, I've been, I've been following the situation in Russia because Vladimir Putin said back in 2004 that Russia was in the midst of a demographic crisis and that Russia would cease to exist unless the birth rate was somehow encouraged uh, in an upward direction. Russia gives $9,000 to every young couple 
who have a baby. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, I want to ask Stephen just exactly what we can do, what can be done to end the assault on people, and also a few more specifics about some of the population control organizations and those that are their advocates. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Sharon Hughes, a conservative Christian talk show host from California. You bet. It's summertime, and we have a special, special offer. Every once in a while, you'll hear that we will have a grab bag offer where I pick two of my top pick books out of our shelves for $25. Well, our special summer special, it's three books for $25, like the ABCs of Globalism, Help Mom, Hollywood's in My Hamper, and many more. Order right away so that you get the best first. And you can do that by going online via our store at our website, changingworldviews.com, or you can send a check for $25 to Changing Worldviews, P.O. Box 995, Cedar Ridge, California, 95924. The more I interview experts on the crucial issues of our day, the more impressed I am with the passion and dedication of women. Whether single or married, mothers or not, working in or out of the home, women of all ages everywhere have something significant to say about their communities, country, and the ever-changing face of today's world. Such as Luann from Canada who wrote, Sharon, I am so delighted to have found you. I have subscribed to your shows in iTunes and now carry you in the car with my iPod. I am a Canadian and we are not allowed to broadcast worldviews such as you present because of our fairness doctrine, which is controlled by our socialist media institutions here. Keep up your great work and informative shows. They are one of the sources I use to find balance in my news and views. Trust me, it's a great show. Thank you for staying with us. Stephen Mosher is my guest today. We're talking about his book, Population Control, something that he is an expert on. Stephen, I think it would be interesting for our listeners to know just exactly how you got on this focused path of educating on this whole issue of population control. I found myself back in 1979 and 1980 uh, in the People's Republic of China. I was the first American scholar allowed to do research there. And no sooner had I arrived on the ground than the one child policy began. So I found myself in the middle of the most horrific, barbaric program to control births that I think the world has ever seen. I mean, we we call it the one-child policy, but on the ground in China, the Chinese people know it as a policy that hunts down and arrests pregnant women, women who are pregnant with so-called illegal children, a policy that detains, that holds, that arrests and incarcerates those pregnant women until they consent to an abortion. They are sometimes held for months at a time along with close family members. And then at the end of the day, takes them to clinics where they are aborted and then sterilized. Mm -hmm. So it's a brutal program. It has to date brutalized probably 300 million women. And of course, little girls have suffered as well. Little girls are becoming rare in China because so many have been killed by female infanticide, by 
being suffocated, being drowned right after birth. And now, of course, there's another crisis, the crises of sex-selective abortion, where little girls are selectively eliminated by abortion before birth. That's found not just in China, but in Vietnam, in Korea, and in India as well, just in epidemic proportion. And, of course, it's population control that leads to that kind of abuse. If you have a country that prefers boys, and if you then say to the people of that country, you're only going to be allowed one child, or at most two, then you're setting up a situation where little girls are going to be sacrificed either before birth or after birth mm -hmm. in large numbers so that couples can have their desired number of boys. So this is not just a preference for sons. It is population control, mm -hmm. a consequence of that. Sterilization isn't something new. We know that Hitler did it. But, you know, for those that think, well, this would never happen in America, actually sterilization did take place here in America, didn't it? Well, we did. We fell prey to the whole notion popularized by Margaret Sanger in the teens and the 20s and the 30s of the last century that we needed in this country to make sure that the unfit were not having children. And so people who were diagnosed as unfit, very wrongly, by the way, they had other problems, health problems, maybe perhaps mental problems, but they were diagnosed as being genetically unfit, were selectively sterilized and, and not allowed to have children. Now, Margaret Sanger believed that that didn't go nearly far enough. I mean... <laughs> We, we sterilized thousands. Uh, she would have sterilized millions uh, of Americans because she thought that people like herself were thoroughbreds and that they should have more children and that people who were unlike her in belief or in appearance were, by definition, unfit and should have fewer children or perhaps none at all. Unbelievable. Well, we can understand why Hitler liked her, right? Her policies well, she, helped. she had a number of friends in common with Adolf Hitler. And, you know, when Hitler took those eugenics ideas to extreme, the whole eugenics project sort of fell in, into bad repute, but it reemerged after World War II as population control, as the wealthy nations telling the poor nations, uh, your main problem is too many children, and if you want our development aid, then you have to control the number of babies born to your women. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we're going to take another break. When we come back, the final and probably one of the most important questions is what can be done to end this assault on people? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Modern slaves can be hard to spot. Demand for cheap goods, cheap labor, and cheap sex has created the perfect storm for human trafficking. In the UK, it's estimated there are nearly 13,000 women and men being forced into a life they didn't ask for, with more people being discovered every day. You probably come into contact with them without ever realizing. There can be some telltale signs, though. Sometimes they might be physical. They look uneasy, unkempt or malnourished, or have untreated injuries. Sometimes the signs can be less obvious. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So please help us help them. If you suspect slavery is happening, contact the Modern Slavery Line. Or if a victim needs support, call the Salvation Army and play a part to help stamp it out. Sharon Hughes, your genuine alternative voice, bringing you commentary on the issues that matter most. If you'd like to change the world, won't you partner with us? 
For a donation of $15 a month, you'll receive our monthly Best of the Best program on CD and Sharon's monthly Saying It Like It Is letter, plus our facts, stats, and other helpful info booklet. Just go to changingworldviews.com slash donation page and sign up online. Sign up today to begin receiving all these benefits now. You'll not only help us stay on the air in your area, but it's a way to let Sharon know you're standing with her. Thank you everyone for continuing with us. Stephen Mosher is with us in this part two discussion on population control. So Stephen, here in this last segment, I would really like for you to share with our audience what can be done, how can we end this absolutely unbelievable, outrageous assault on people. Well, let's talk about what we've done to date. I came back from China in the early 80s. We passed the Mexico City policy, which prevents U.S. funds from going to organizations like the International Planned Parenthood Federation, which perform abortions overseas, which promote the legalization of abortion in countries which are pro-life, running roughshod over the democratic process, and also promoting abortion in various ways. Now, that policy is still in place today. The second thing we did was we said that no U.S. funds shall go to any any organization or any country which practices forced abortion or forced sterilization. Again, the big example of that is China. We have cut off funds to the UN Population Fund because of its involvement in China. In fact, that was research that we at the Population Research Institute did a few years ago. Well, just here in our last few minutes to tie up the question about what can really be done to end this assault. Stephen, if you could have your dream come true on this issue, what would that look like? Well, first of all, I think there's a lot of good that America could do around the world with its foreign aid dollars. I think they ought to go to nonprofit organizations, to faith-based organizations, which get a lot more bang for the buck than uh, than the federal aid agency does. And it would make our foreign aid dollars go a lot further. I think the Office of Population at our foreign aid agency should be closed. It was it was born in the hysteria over overpopulation of the late 1960s, and of course now our problem in many parts of the world is depopulation. So let's close the office of population. Let's reprogram the funding that goes to population control now and put it into primary health care. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's save babies instead of trying to eliminate them, and let's use that money to encourage democracy and human rights around the world. Because as countries develop, the birth rate will fall naturally. Our long-term problem is not going to be too many children. It's going to be too few children. And you can see that long-term problem in today's Europe and other developed countries. Yes, and on a very practical level, right now here in America, another thing that we can do to end this assault is don't see abortion as a viable option. Well, and it shouldn't be, and and we certainly shouldn't be funding it by giving $300 million a year to the Planned Parenthood Federation of America. That organization uh, is not deserving of U.S. tax dollars, and there is growing, I think, public disenchantment with Planned Parenthood. With a continuing shift of opinion, I think that they will be denied federal funding in the future. That would be terrific. Well, Stephen, thank you so much again for being with us on this very important, though controversial, issue of population control, of bringing the truth out so that our listeners can understand exactly what's going on and and some of the worldviews and agendas behind this very activity. Please tell our listeners once again the best way to get a hold of your book, Population Control. Well, the easiest way is simply to go online to our website, which is www.pop.org. That's pop.org. And you you can order the book online, and I'll be happy to send you an autographed copy. And, And Sharon, let me thank you for all the good that you do. This is a wonderful show, and you're helping to inform the American public Thank you very much. Thank you for all that you do as well. 
Well, as of today, China has a three-child policy in an attempt to respond to an aging population and a slowing birth rate. China is suffering the consequences of their one-child policy. Now they want people to have three children. And if we go back to my opening comments about control, they basically controlled, lost control, now trying to gain control. Yeah. How about if we just do it God's way? So the worldviews publicly stated is there'll be too many people, not enough resources to be able to feed them all, take care of them all, or that the environment will suffer as a result of too many people. But if we could just stop and think for a minute, back to our plumb line, which is the Bible. In the beginning, God created man and female and told him to go and multiply and fill the earth. There's nowhere in the Bible that God says, okay, stop or control the number of people. We know from our plumb line that the one that wants to get rid of people, that wants to control people, is the enemy of our soul, the devil himself and hell of his minions. Our plumb line tells us that the enemy comes only to steal, kill, or destroy. And of course, all of those are markers of control. By the way, lest we forget, God tells us that the devil is the father of lies. So no matter how good reasons may sound, you always have to look at what actually is going on with the fruit of any policy, any agenda, any organization is, rather than listen to the rhetoric. Well, as Stephen Mosher talked about valuing human life, we've talked on the show many times of different organizations that we support and think are doing a great job of caring for people, of valuing people, such as Samaritan's Purse that is all over the globe helping people no matter whether they're starving, they need clean water, disasters like tornadoes or whatever come in. Even during COVID, they had special clinics. Another organization that we appreciate is Operation Blessing, and they also do wonderful things to help people around the globe. And of course, both these organizations and others, such as Life Outreach, they are able to do what they're able to do because of the donations of supporters. And that would be true of Operation Blessing. Well, one of the things that they do here at home is supply food for for seniors who are having a really difficult time. As a matter of fact, from their latest magazine, they talk about the fact that more than one in 15 older Americans suffer from lack of food today. And that number has gone up in the last couple of years due to inflation and of course COVID and everything else that was going on. And we all know that hunger can affect not only our physical bodies, but also our well-being in ways that are beyond inadequate nutrition. So it puts people at risk for all kinds of health conditions, heart disease, diabetes, depression, etc. So what Operation Blessing has done is they partner with food pantries around the nation, providing funds for them to obtain food. And usually they're church-based, and then they provide food for seniors that need it. For instance, they talk about a retired man named Jimmy who gathers food from a local pantry where he lives that Operation Blessing helped keep stock, and he delivers it to struggling families in his neighborhood, neighbors who can't afford the gas to go and even pick up food for themselves at the pantries. And he says, I get to minister to them and also their neighbors. When they see me, they want to know Jesus 
too. So we get back to our plumb line. We get back to Jesus who said, whatever you do, even if you give a cup of cold water in my name, not only is that a good thing, but it's the right thing to do. So Operation Blessing is something you might want to check into. You may be familiar with the with CBN and 700 Club. Pat Robertson, the founder, recently went home to be with the Lord, but his son continues the work which includes Operation Blessing, just like Franklin Graham continues the work of his father, Billy Graham, through Samaritan's Purse. Well, there you have it for this episode of Changing Worldviews. And as always, I like to close out with a favorite song. And today's choice is, is by a children's choir from Africa called His Little Feet. And we were privileged to have them come to our church and sing for us. I hope it blesses you. Every life matters.
So until I see you next time, this is Sharon Hughes saying it like it is. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Changing Worldviews. You can follow Sharon on social media or listen to her on many online platforms. Just go to our website, changingworldviews.com, for all the links. And until next time, stay informed, stay alert, because we are indeed living in a changing world.